listening to Bearcat Rewind with Matt Tritton and John Coffey. Hello and thanks for tuning in to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. John Coffey will join me shortly. Uh, we appreciate everyone that has been uh, subscribing, rating, and listening to Bearcat Rewind over the last few weeks. And a great response with our episode last week with Joe and Kelly Quinlan. And another good one on tap for you uh, today as well. Talking with one of the most dynamic players in Northwest Missouri State football history, it is Tony Miles, a two-time All-American, a great wide receiver for Northwest Missouri State, and a great kick returner as well. Um, just a couple marks uh, for Tony going into this one. He is still... Third in career receptions at Northwest, third in career receiving TDs, and second in career receiving yards, and second in career punt return yards. So he's a guy that did it all for Northwest Missouri State back in that 1999 championship game. He had a reception for a touchdown, a kickoff return for a touchdown, and also um, had a rushing touchdown in that football game. So Tony did a little bit of everything for Northwest Missouri State. Um, a fun interview. We kind of go into his background coming up to Northwest from Texas where he was a running back in high school and made a great transition here as a Bearcat. So this is a fun one here with Tony Miles uh, today. And we want to remind you that Bearcat Rewind is sponsored by the Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Northwest Foundation. You're invited to celebrate the kickoff of the Forever Green Campaign for Northwest October 24th at 3.30 at the Bell Tower on campus. The Forever Green Campaign is part of an effort to pave new pathways for students to excel. So be a champion for Northwest and leave your legacy. Help make the vision of the Forever Green Campaign a reality for students who will come to know what so many others have before have learned. Nothing compares to being Forever Green. So come out to celebrate the campaign kickoff once again October 24th at the Bell Tower. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, Tony Miles is our guest for today's episode. We hope you enjoy. Well, excited today to be joined by a two-time All-American and an M-Club Hall of Famer here at Northwest Missouri State University, former wide receiver Tony Miles, joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Tony, we appreciate you hopping on and uh, chatting with us. How are things for you down in Texas? Well, I'm hot. That's for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, uh, things are going great. No complaints. Good deal, good deal. Well, you know, just before we get going here, we're, we're talking with you, and you say you're the offensive coordinator down at U, uh, University High School in Waco, Texas, and um, great that you're still involved in the game and, and still coaching and, and passing that along to, to younger uh, younger kids out there. But I assume if you're the offensive coordinator, you're throwing the ball all over the yard, right? I mean, you're not running the football. <laughs> hey, man, you know, I, I would love to throw that thing every single play for my head coaches up. <laughs> Is an old school guy, and so you know, I have those long, long talks at night when I don't run the ball enough. So uh, <laughs> we kind of mix it up a bit. We mix it up a bit. Oh, I, I imagine too, especially with you know we have old Baylor right there and Texas Tech and all these Texas schools, and especially the, the universities that uh, it seems like they just throw it every single down. That eventually your coach has to just kind of cave in and let you run the spread offense. Well, we spread it out. But we spread it out, and then we hand it off. <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we you know how it is, and we just play the play the game. And if, if, if we if we can run it and get away with it, that's what we'll do. And if we can pass and get away with it, that's what we're gonna do. So we just we don't we don't we don't chase ghosts. We just try to do what we can we can get away with. Tony, how much of an influence has uh, Jim Savota been on uh, the type of offense you're running down there? Well, actually, you, you say that. I, I talk to uh, Jim in the, in the off season all the time and try to pick his brain and get, like, little nuggets of information. 
because, you know, still to this day, that was the best offense I've been around, and, and, and he's such a, a brilliant offensive mind. So, yes, uh, his, you know, he has a big influence on the things that we're doing. Even some of the things, the names of some of the stuff that we do, it all comes from him. Whenever you think back to your college career and getting in at Northwest Missouri State and uh, you know that transition for you as a, a high school running back, getting into being a wide receiver at, at Northwest, when you're hearing Coach Lebo to talk and, and kind of learning some of the principles for his offense uh, as a young man coming to Northwest, is that something that you buy in right away and you're kind of like, wow, this guy is an offensive genius? So did it take a little bit to kind of really grasp what he was trying to do with it? Well, you know, coming in and, and, and coming from Texas and then going there and, uh, you know, football, is, you know, football is big in Texas and football is, is what we do around here. And just going there and just listening to them, you know, the transition from going from running back to wide receiver wasn't that big a deal. It was the way that, uh, you know, we were taught. He was actually a good teacher. So actually learning that stuff and then learning and being more of a, you know, a student of the game of football is what he, he gave to us and allow us to to play and see things a lot faster than, than we would had we not learned, you know, actually learned those things that he was trying to get across to us. I assume coming to Northwest in 97, uh, uh, was that your first year here? Is that right? Uh, yeah, I came there in 96 and 97. I redshirted, so 97 gotcha, okay. was my first uh, football so you- hit there. I assume you kind of looked at it and you're like, yeah, I'll probably walk away as one of the most prolific wide receivers in Bearcats history, right? I mean, was that what you were thinking going in? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go play football and get an education and win some football games. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out yeah, all right. I think you accomplished that go pretty well. <laughs> you know, Tony, too, not only just what you did as a wide receiver, but I still think you're one of the most dangerous return men that the Northwest has ever had in the history of the program here. Well, we, you know, Mel, Mel Churchman, you know, was the head coach, obviously, and he's a big special teams guy. And he would always say, you know, the most exciting play in football is the punt return. Uh, so, you know, if, if Mel said that's the most exciting play, well, we want to make it the most exciting play. <laughs> yeah, I always think it takes a special kind of guy, too, to be trying to field a, a punt while you've got about 11 guys coming down that want to knock your head off of when you're trying to field that thing, too. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's like a, a a moment of time that it's like time is suspended. You know, the ball is up in the air. You know, you, you hear all of this noise. People are, yeah. You know, you hear guys coming down. You hear guys blocking and all that type of stuff. So actually, I don't know to block that stuff out. I I think it takes a different you know different type of guy. You know, I know a lot of skilled guys that that can't do it. You know, especially. Being on this side of the thing and coaching, you know, we try to put our most skilled guys back there, and they just can't do it, you know. So I do think it takes a special individual to go back there and, and put his head up in the air for that long and catch it and actually try to run with it, for sure. Well, a background as a running back in high school, and so you have to have good vision to be a good running back, but then at the same time, kind of what you're talking about, there are some instincts that come along with it. Did the instincts play a bigger role, or was it the ability to catch the football put your head down, and immediately see, bam, that's where i got to go, that's where my blocking is, and, and, and hit it immediately? Uh, I think it's a, it's a combination of both. And, and, and the, biggest, the biggest thing is the confidence in the guys that are blocking for you that they're not going to allow you to take one of those shots that, that's going to hurt you, you know. 
when you get when you have total confidence in those guys, you know, catching the ball is pretty easy. And then once you catch it, you're just really playing football after you catch the ball, you know. You're gonna run where they're where they're not, you know. You don't wanna get tackled, you know. So I was always told to run where they aren't, you know. Well, a, a, a successful career at Northwest Missouri State, and, and kind of what we've been focusing on throughout the season here on Bearcat Rewind is uh, you know that 1999 national championship game, the 20-year anniversaries this year, and the Bearcats come off a, a 15-0 season in 1998 and battle through so uh, you know um, so much different adversity throughout that 99 season. But you know when you kind of think back and, and you know the memories are kind of starting to roll as you think back 20 years ago. Um, what pops in your head, or what's the first thing that you would tell one of your current players, um, you know, about that football game? Well, twenty years ago, probably all of that stuff's on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing. But you know, uh, that that season, that season, you know, we had just won a national championship, and we knew we were good, and 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 we had a lot of key guys coming back, and we know if we go back there and we put it all together and just played it you know, put our best foot forward, we are going to have a lot of success. But right after the gate, we got kicked in the teeth by uh, Nebraska-Omaha. And that kind of, you know, opened our eyes a little bit and kind of brought us back down to earth. And we just hit the ground running from there. Like, we don't want that feeling, you know. I mean, we hadn't lost in so long. So uh, to, to feel like that right away, you know, it humbles you pretty quick. And to go through that, you know, I had, you know, the receiving core. We were we were all together through through that the championship season from before. So I mean, we had a special bond, and we genuinely cared about, you know, winning a, a more than who got credit for what and all that type of stuff. So it was easy to go out there and perform and and be a part of that thing. And then you know that I never thought I would would lose a football game. I never thought, you know. And, of course, it was a football game that I would lose if we had time on the clock. But that national championship game was one of those games where I thought we were going to lose, you know. It just felt like everything was stacked against us. Nothing was going right. And we were playing a really good team, and everything was going right for them. And I just thought that they were they were better than us on that day. And I thought that, you know, uh, time was just going to run out on us before we could correct that thing. And, I don't know. Fortunes have it that that we were able to take that thing to overtime, and when we get in, you know, once we got in overtime, I really thought we had a great shot of winning. At what point in that game were you kind of sitting back and really letting it wash over you that maybe we weren't going to win this game? Well, we scored, and then they went right back down there and scored. You know, we gained a little momentum, then they go right back down there and score, and. I'm thinking like, oh crap, man! Like, I mean, it's it's old. I mean, they're just better than us on that day. And I remember uh, Seneca Holmes, who's a, a terrific uh, return guy. Uh, he's a really terrific return guy. And they were kicking away from me the whole entire game, but he switched spots with me and he told me go over there and and I mean, in in a real like calm fashion, he said, you let's switch positions. He said, you go over there and you do what you do. And I'm like, yeah, right, man. They're just going to kick the ball to the other side. And, you know, it just, you know, we just flipping spots. You know, they're still going to kick it over there. But they kicked it to me, and I ran it back, and we gained that momentum. And then I, I felt like, you know, we, we had a good chance of, of winning that thing. But then I think they went back down there and scored again. <laughs> so it, it, was, it was tough, man. It was tough, you know, mentally to, to, 
to keep fighting and looking at that clock, man, because it, it wasn't on our side, you know. Uh, so it was, a, it was a few instances in that game when I was like, man, we just don't have enough time. You know, or you know, uh, Tony. When you talk about Seneca Holmes, there, uh, one thing that I think of when I look at that receiving core that uh, you guys had that year was just how each one of uh, the the talents that each one of the players at wide receiver had really kind of went meshed together for the entire group there, to where it really made for a cohesive uh, receiving group that uh, you could throw to. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I think you know, on any given day, any one of us could have, you know, went out and and had such a, you know, good game against anyone. But the, the the unique thing about us is that we really prided ourselves on blocking, you know, and which is kind of taboo nowadays when it, when it, when you think about receivers and all that stuff. Like, we would get in the meeting room and we will count how many knockdowns we have, you know, and I think uh, I, I distinctly remember us chasing guys off the screen trying to get a block. You know, we really prided ourselves on blocking. And I think that when we go into the game with that kind of edge, it kind of helps you, you know. And, I, you know, coaching, I think the most feared thing in, 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 in football is a really good receiving core because, you know, you can take one or two guys out, but you can't take four guys out, you know. So I think that was a, a big asset to our, our football team for sure. And that receiving core, uh, fantastic on that day against Carson Newman with um... – uh, you know, three big touchdowns from J.R. Hill, um, Ryan George with that uh, incredible two-point conversion catch, you finding three different ways on the football field to score. But when you think about it, the year before, you go 15-0 in 1998 with Chris Grison, another uh, M-Club Hall of Famer there at, at quarterback. It's not always easy to jump in with a new guy and immediately have that chemistry and take off to where you get into a situation like this and, and you know, uh, Travis didn't have any choice but to be 100% a gunslinger in that second half. But uh, but there was no doubt in anybody's mind as far as the wide receivers or the quarterback there in that second half when you guys really exploded. What was that transition like going from, from Chris um, into Travis the next year and, and how you guys really built that camaraderie? Well, well you know, Travis, I, he, was, he was my roommate as well. You know, we roomed together, he and I, and, and J.R. Hill. Uh, he, he was a, a really good student of the game, so he understood the game, you know. You know, Chris Grayson, a, a bigger guy, and, 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 you know, was a smart guy as well, and he had been in the system, so he could tell you, you know, we were a little younger, he could tell us where where to go, where to be, how to fit. And then with, with Travis, you know, when Travis got in there, he was such a student of the game, it was like us kind of telling him kind of like where we want, how we fit, and stuff like that, and, and taking football home and talking football all of the time, you know. And I really thought that Travis threw a better ball. It's just sometimes where he's throwing it from, you don't see it launch out of his hand because he was so small, you know. So you pick the ball up after he crosses the line, opposed to where Chris Grice is throwing the ball. He's such tall, so much taller that you can see him release the ball, you know. So. That's a little of a transition, and uh, but Travis, Travis threw a great ball, and uh, you know how it is as a receiver. You know, if you come back and you complain about anything, you know, a ball or anything like that, the quarterback is going to tend to not want to throw you the ball. So we all we all want to rally behind Travis and make sure he had a, you know, a, a successful run at it, and he just took it and ran. I mean, it it wasn't much us as it was him. Like he 
seized the moment and stepped in there and 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 competed. I, I don't think it's easy to follow up a guy like Chris Grice, you know, and step in those shoes. But he did it, you know, uh, with no no problem. When you look back at the at the record books and and what you've accomplished, and you know, third and career receptions as it stands right now, third and career TD receptions, second and career receiving yards, uh, third and career punt return yards, and I mean, your name's still littered all over the record books at, at Northwest Missouri State, and you, you kind of think back to uh, what you guys did back in 1998 and 1999. Uh, what's that feeling like overall of just the impact that you had here at Northwest? Well, you know, it feels better now, you know, when you get a little older and, and you get kids and you can, you know, you can tell them like, oh, yeah, you know, I was, I was, okay, I was an okay football player, you know, and, you know, if those type of things that they can look at and it kind of validates uh, some of the things that you did. And, and I, I was with Jamaica not too long ago, Jamaica Rector, and we were talking about it. And I was, I always told them if they were, if they were as good as us, you know, his stats wouldn't be as as good as they were. You know, I told him that we don't, we didn't, we didn't play four quarters in games. You know, we was over there on the sideline cheering at someone else on. So we joke about that stuff all the time. So it, it feels better now, you know, uh, looking back on it. Uh, but when you're going through it, all you want to do is go out there and, and, and do what you can do to help your team win and win football games and, and stuff like that. But, yeah, you know, I, it's, it's hard talking. I, you know, I never like to talk about myself. So it's hard to talk about myself. But I just think that, you know, I I, try, I went out and played the game the right way, and, and I was fortunate enough to – to, to do some magical things when I was there. When you look back at uh, your, your time, too, you, you talk about uh, uh, the fact that there's a lot of games that uh, you guys uh, were on the bench in the second half just because you built up such a big lead early. Uh, and I think that was um, one thing when you look at that 2000 season in particular after that that uh, a lot of people forget about with the amount of talent you had on that 2000 team. But even won so many games by such a large margin. Some, I think in 2000, perhaps, uh, uh, you didn't, when you ended up getting into the playoffs, you weren't used to being in games that uh, went down to the wire like you did in 99 yeah and 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 the teams that we played in 99 that man those i think any one of those teams could have went on and won the national championship uh those teams that we played in 99 i mean we was in we were in some straight up dog fights i mean just being behind we, we weren't even used to being behind you know uh being behind caused caused a little uh you know, a little panic, you know, tighten, tighten you up a little bit. And I remember uh, Nebraska, Omaha, you know, that was a terrific game. I remember uh, the Dakota school. Man, I mean, like, those like, were some, some drag them up, you know, drag them outside. And, and, and those were some brawls, you know. We, we were in those games and, and uh, very confident that we will we, we win those games. But those are some of those games that, you know, if you make a mistake here or there down the stretch, I mean, those games could have went another way. Uh, but so those, I think all of those games, the combination of all of those games kind of hardened us and, and put us in a position where we were in that national championship game that said, like, we we had a chance, you know. We, we could keep, if we keep fighting and we stay in, in, in the rut, you know, we had we had a chance. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those games were those were games. Each one of those games were were games that, that you can go back and put on, and, and until late in the game, you don't know who's going to win those games. 
When you think about those playoff games, you mentioned all the times of coming from behind and the adversity that you guys faced throughout that 1999 season, and you have to leave it all on the field and just find a way to win the football game. Then you turn around in 1999 of the championship game, and you have to do that for four quarters. Then you have to go around, turn around and play four more overtimes. Where was your body at? What were you feeling when you got off the field after four overtimes? It was total elation. You know, after the after the after the third overtime, you think it's never going to end. It's never going to end. I mean, we're going to we're going to play all night. Uh, but after that that fourth overtime, you win. It's like pure elation because I don't think there uh, probably anyone in that stadium that thought that we were going to win that game. Uh, and four overtimes later, we still victorious, and it was our second championship in a row. And and you know. They say there's no there's no better feeling than winning it, and then you win it again. There's no better feeling than winning it again, you know. And then winning it in that fashion, um, you know, it was just it was just pure elation. You just wanted to be in that moment. You want to be close to your friends, your, you know, your teammates and your coaches, and you want because it took all of it took everybody that was on that sideline to get go through those four overtimes and win. So you want to be really close to those guys, and you want to. You didn't want, really want that feeling in the end because it, it was it felt so good. All right, Tony. And before we let you go, too, just curious. You're coaching uh, high school football down in Texas. You're busy every Friday night, of course. But you know, how much do you keep tabs on the Bearcats? Do you still kind of keep an eye and check the score and just watch that progress throughout the year? I I keep my eye on the Bearcats in every sport. Uh, especially football, you know, I look at their scores. I, I look at their box scores. I pay attention to who they're playing next, and I go and kind of do my little scouting thing of what the team that they're playing next, what what they, you know, what they, what kind of challenges they're going to present to the Bearcats. And you know, I I, I root for them. I still wear Bearcat apparel and, and, and attire and stuff around here, you know, so. You know, everybody around me knows where I went to school. You know, I'm a proud Bearcat fan, and and, uh, and I always wish them well. You know, when they win, and, you know, when they win, I I feel just as good as if I was out there playing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I keep I keep my 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 ear and my eyes uh, on the radio and the television and on the, on the internet, and I, I pay attention to what's going on up north. Well, that's awesome. You know, once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. And, and we really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to chat with us a little bit. And next time you're in Maryville, you'll have to swing through the radio station. We'd love to catch up with you again in person, all right? Yes, sir. I'll do it. Thanks again to Tony Miles for his time and coming on and chatting with us. Uh, a great football player and, and a great human being there as well. Cool to see him leading uh, young athletes as well as a high school football coach still to this day. A uh, big thanks uh, to Alex Kurt, who produces our intro natural here on Bearcat Rewind as well as Austin Hall, who engineers our podcast uh, each and every week. And once again, uh, thanks to our sponsor, Northwest Missouri State Alumni Association and the Northwest Foundation. Once again, that Forever Green campaign for Northwest coming up on October 24th at 3.30 at the Bell Tower. Don't miss the kickoff event there at the Bell Tower on campus. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next time here on Bearcat Rewind.